Today's episode is made possible by Screen Hero. With low lag and an independent mouse pointer for each user, Screen Hero is a screen sharing application built from the ground up for collaboration. Whether you're pair programming, reviewing a website design with a client, or just helping a distant family member with their computer, Screen Hero makes you a participant instead of a spectator. To try it out for free, visit ScreenHero.com. Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 96. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Ryan Wilcox. Ryan, uh, if you would, start us off with a short introduction of yourself. Sure. I've been a professional programmer for about 10 years now, first on my own as a freelance software developer, but now I'm working for a small product company named Fancer, uh, based in, in Vermont. Uh, wait, no, uh, Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut. Uh, it's, it's funny when you're, when you're working remotely sometimes where companies are based doesn't matter anymore. It's based uh, over yonder. Based over yonder, right? Yeah. Uh, I I live in Pennsylvania, so I'm about a six-hour drive away from the office. And in fact, um, they're actually closing the office now. Um, they're transitioning into a 100% uh, distributed team. Hmm. For the last 10 years or so, 90% of my work has been remote. Uh, I live in rural Pennsylvania, as I said, about three hours away from anything. <laughs> um, and remote working has given me the chance to broaden my work horizons beyond what jobs are available in a 40-mile radius. Um, but I can live where I want to live. Yay, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's always fun to have fellow Pennsylvanians on the show. It's they're, they're few and far between. Yeah, absolutely. And Pennsylvania definitely has a lot of that space. I just got back from a, a trip to Pittsburgh, and I took the train, and and uh, between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, it's it's nothing. It's yeah, just it's a lot hills and and yeah. rivers and and little little manufacturing towns that are kind of dying off and <laughs> not much exactly. else. Exactly, exactly. I grew up in a farm town of about three thousand people, maybe six thousand when the college was in session. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but through working, I've worked. Know, for startups in California, for places down in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. for places, uh, client in Florida, just just all over, and it's been a lot of it's been really good to me. Mm-hmm. So, but you like living here? Yeah, yeah, I'm close to my family. Uh, mm-hmm. Good cost of living. Uh, nice to get outdoors and uh, see the beauty of things. You know, it's a good place to live. So let's talk about that that history of yours. Um, I understand that it's been kind of varied, um, you know, different configurations of of remote or semi-remote work. Can you tell me a little bit about what the evolution's been like? Yeah, sure. Um, my my first gig as a freelancer was in a in a very small distributed team uh, where one person of the team was in my my own town. So occasionally I would go over there and help them set up whatever or pair program or, or whatever. And then my my next big job was um, uh, a very distributed team, um, seven or eight developers from 
the majority of them from somewhere in Brazil, um, various points in Brazil, hmm. and one in California, and one in Canada, and me on the East Coast. So that, uh, that was fun, you know, South America is nice in that there's not a whole lot of time difference between here and uh, here and um, there. So you get the luxuries of, of a distributed team without that much of um, people staying awake at night. Hmm. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. I've been on a few teams where most of the team is co-located and I'm one of two or three remote workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also done the thing where I've coordinated the team based 12 hours away. Okay. Um, I was in Hong Kong at the time and trying to lead a team here back in Pennsylvania, hmm. which was always fun for, for everyone. <laughs> which of these configurations did you feel like worked out the least? Uh, well, the, um, managing people from 12 hours away is really, really, really hard. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other ends of the, you know, is always tired, right? Right. Or the other one's woken up too early, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I would I would say it's really tough when um you're one of one or two remote workers and everybody else is co-located. Mm-hmm. You miss conversations, you miss things, so you miss the cake in the uh, conference room that's announced over the the IRC channel, right? That kind of thing. You you miss some of the camaraderie that goes on, and but but it can be done. Um, you get skyped into calls where you know seven of the eight people are are in the room and you're on Skype, and that's that works too for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, what's been your favorite like team setup? I really like. The setup we have at my my current job, it's just mm-hmm. me and the CEO, president, owner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking for more people. Visit our website. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is a, where? Fanster.com. I'll have a link for you and for the show notes. Okay. And it's nice. Uh, since we're both distributed, uh, all, all the communication happens over IM and, and email. And there's I'm keyed up into everything because... Um, yeah, I'm the only other person here, right? Right. So it's you're using really good, good old IRC for the uh, campfire. Oh, campfire. Okay. I missed what you said. Sorry. Yeah. Campfire. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we've used some like I've never used GitHub's Hubot, and we use that pretty heavily in the chat, and that's that's kind of slick. I the problem with I've seen with especially with mostly co-located teams is that somebody asks you to deploy the website. And you go off and deploy a website, and nobody knows that you're doing your work. So you deploy a website, and five minutes later they ask, hey, is the website deployed? Right. Uh, yes, it was deployed. I did that. Or, you know, they don't come back, and they think you you didn't deploy a website, or they never checked the thing out on mm-hmm. the deploy website because they didn't hear back from you, and they forgot. Right. But Qbot makes it really obvious that Someone's doing a deploy right now. Hmm. And hey, the deploy finished. Um, nice. And that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And they give props to GitHub for being a massively distributed team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've been, uh, you've got quite a history with remote work. I'm curious if there was anything, like the last time you changed to a new team, was there anything that you had in your mind that was like, okay, this time I'm going to do X to make things better? 
you know, that just like a lesson learned from, from past experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that was kind of the thrust of, uh, actually probably both of the articles that I wrote recently. Probably the one thing I would have liked to have done better uh, on some of the previous projects is communication, keeping everybody in the loop. And you talked, one of your your podcasts talked very well about this. Um, I'm trying to find it now here. I should just say, um, I, I should have said earlier that uh, Ryan recently wrote a couple of uh, articles about working remotely uh, for for Lifehacker and for uh, TopTool.com. And that's what he's talking about right now. Yes. Wide Teams Podcast Episode 48, mm-hmm. where your, your interviewer, ah, uh, Katie Cunningham, mm, yeah, okay. um, was talking about how, as a remote worker, you have to be more proactive, more more chatty than maybe you would as a as a remote or as a co-located employee right and i always make sure every day when i come into work i sit down and i say hello good morning everyone and um cuba and the uh and my boss say say hello right (laughs) just to kind of let them know that hey i'm here uh Mm -hmm. i'm starting work and some of the principles from agile development come into play here of making sure your client or your boss or whoever sees frequent releases of the product even if even if only parts of it work right it's hard as a remote worker to sometimes show that yes i am i'm making progress look look what i've done right um bad managers are too easily to um, fall into the oh they're on their computer typing that means they're working <laughs> yeah if you're if, if you're co-located all you need to do is snarl at your computer periodically and it sounds yeah. like you're you're getting a lot done yeah <laughs> but but remote working uh you kind of have to show up with results and not with um with with butts in the seat mm-hmm. yeah so i'm just i'm looking over uh you the article which like a, a bad podcaster I didn't get a chance to look at before this interview. Um, looking over the Life ha- Hacker article, and I always like to talk about um, tools a little bit, like uh, mm-hmm. hardware. What kind of headset do you like? Oh, I like the cheapest headset I can get. <laughs> One of the um, the other purposes of writing this article was I also do a little bit of freelancing for um, TopTal.com, and they're a developer a network of professional developers. The whole idea is you get the best developers and you find the best jobs for them, um, contract freelance jobs, and you match the developers with the appropriate jobs, right? You uh, .NET job comes in and you find some .NET developers to maybe send to this this client, right? Mm-hmm. And TopTal is always getting new people in, and I have a link if uh, any of your listeners are interested in. Um, Checking out TopTal and maybe applying. So some of these people may be maybe new to remote work. Maybe they've worked at um you know co-located companies before, and they're finally using the joining TopTal as a chance to you know make the leap into freelance, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wrote the article uh, as a here are some kind of basic hacks you need to some low hanging fruit for um, starting remote work. And one of them is 
a headset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as such, I didn't want to recommend a $200 headset. Right. Although I know you recommend the, the Corsair a lot of the time. Yeah, currently. Uh, yeah. That's uh, what I'm wearing right now, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's great, and especially for you, you're on the phone a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, when you're when people are getting started, you don't want to tell them they have to buy hundreds of dollars worth of. Yeah, I'm using an iMic headset right now, which is I think ten dollars or fifteen dollars on Amazon. Nice. So I actually have two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at that at that price, I can keep one in my bag and one uh, at my desk. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the other kind of low-hanging fruit thing is is check your time zones. Sometimes that's not a problem, depending on, like, if your team is all based on the East Coast. Sure. But um, occasionally it's it seems unprofessional when you miss a call because it actually happened two hours ago and you didn't realize it, or um, you get a call unexpectedly on your, on your phone because of Skype out, and... It's two hours earlier than, or later than what you thought, right? So simple, low-hanging fruit for um, first-time remote workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, and, you, and you've got some good links in here to some time zone tools that uh, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah, time zones are so hard, but uh, there's reasonable tools out there. Mm-hmm. Any other hardware or software tools that you find indispensable? I really, really, really like my jug of water here. <laughs> I have a one-gallon jug of, of water. If I get trapped on a phone call and really need a drink, I just use that instead of um, going thirsty, right? Right. Um, that's a good point. Although yeah. I will say that if you have a, a wireless headset, you can just oh, go that's over to the true. tap. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> headset is wired, so uh can't do that. There, yeah, there are some advantages to shelling out to, for the wireless, but even that said, it's, it, I actually can't go all the way upstairs because um, I have to go to the other end of the, the house to go upstairs, and I, I can't go all the way over there without losing losing touch. So yeah, uh, and I have a have a nice electrical kettle when I need coffee. Nice and snacks. Yeah, gotta have the snack drawer. Yeah, beyond that is not much in the way of software um, mm. other than some kind of Skype, IM, Google Hangouts kind mm-hmm. of thing. I've been using Google Hangouts more and more, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. I've had pretty good luck with it. Yeah. Looks like you've got some recommendations here for for how often to meet as a team virtually. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of based on um, you know, some of my experiences with client projects. Uh, the client projects that seem to work best for me personally are kind of, you could almost see them as staff augmentation projects. Um, and that's where I kind of did better as a freelancer, is you come into a team, um, maybe an already established team, maybe you're as uh, one of five other or three other contractors and do, do your project. So it really depends on the size of the team as to how often you meet, but it's, it's just like um, giving your clients builds of things to play around with the latest features you have to coordinate and show progress maybe more explicitly in a in a remote team than you would a co-located team. Right. So uh what do you do with the the uh, flexibility that uh remote work presumably gives you? Do you have any any uh, hobbies that you pursue or anything like that? No, not really. Although it is nice to my wife and I and my daughter went to California 
uh, over Thanksgiving. And I was able to put in mostly the same hours as I would on the East Coast working remotely because I was remote and everybody else was back in the office. And, this, you know, I would show up. It would wake up slightly early for me out in California, but it would be fine. I would be in the office by, mm-hmm. or in the virtual office by 9.30, 10 o'clock and have a normal day and have, you know, be done out in California by early afternoon. Right. And we could go hang out or that's whatever. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Since you've been in the situation of being remote when the rest of the team or most of the rest of the team is co-located, do you have any suggestions or recommendations for people who are in that situation for making the best of it? So one tip that worked really well, and kind of as an experiment with one of my teams, I started a group Skype chat. We were all on Skype on the time, and this is a few years ago where Google Hangouts wasn't as wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started it as a you know minimum viable experiment, right? If it took off and people used it, you know, even though we were you know most of the time in the same room or most of us were in the same room, it took off, right? And if it if nobody used it, then that that's fine. Nobody spent any money. It was no big deal. It just something quickly forgotten. But we found that thing very valuable, mm-hmm. especially as the culture was. You come into the office, you work until 5.30 or 6 or whenever when you leave, and then you put a few more hours in at night. Uh, so the Skype channel was was valuable, even though most of the team was, was co-located. Um, for that you know, few hour night hacking session or, you know, get on and ask the equation question of why is, why did they get to the alert that the web server's down? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Right. Well, cool. Um, before I let you go, where can people find about, find more about you online? I tweet at R. Wilcox or, and, um, everything else can be, uh, found my, my personal homepage, flavors.me slash rwilcox here. And, um, you could, uh, check out my freelance company's webpage at wilcoxd.com. Or, um, like I said, check out my full-time gig at the fancer.com. Okay. And, um, if you're interested in learning more about the network of professional developers, freelancers, um, that I mentioned earlier, um, toptile.com and I have a link, uh, so they can know I sent you, right? Cool. And that'll be in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. We'll include those. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's a good bit of, uh, content for people to check out and I uh, appreciate your time very much. Thank you. Absolutely. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y-Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm, signing off. Why, 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 why